Welcome back to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what is going on in the world, and how all of it applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. This is episode number 36. Welcome back, Lauren. Hey, thanks for having me back, Brooke. Glad to have you. Yeah. That's good. So uh, this is, you know, it's it's our week back. It almost feels like it's been a while because uh, we just, my, my family, we just got out of quarantine uh, and, and now everything is crazy. Like we're back to soccer and two kids in volleyball and swim and trying to catch up with schoolwork. <laughs> and and so if, if my voice starts going out, um, I, I actually coach my, uh, my son's five-year-old soccer team. Um, well, there's no yelling on that. None at that all. Sideline, as, probably. As a uh, as as a competitor first, and um, person that's never played soccer before, and that I have a bunch of I have eight five year olds that are running around like chickens with their heads cut off. That you know are are fun. I lost my voice on Saturday, and so there's a lot of my <laughs> there's a lot of my register in my voice that's just not there. And so uh, I'm I'm sipping some I'm nursing my uh, I'm nursing my throat with some hot tea and. And uh, yeah, so sorry if I slurp into the microphone and try to try to make my voice work a little bit better. So, um, but yeah, so so welcome back. Um, thank you to everybody who uh, who listened to last week's non episode and uh, <laughs> and uh, and and prayed for your family. How how is everybody? How's everybody doing? I uh, appreciate you asking. Uh, yeah, we did have a bit of a perfect storm. Obviously, we have guests on from time to time and even different co-hosts, but between what your family was going through with COVID and and then my brother. I don't know how many people know, or I know it's been on our church prayer list and you were, you were, uh, with my permission, you were, um, open about it last week. Uh, my brother lost his, uh, wife of 26 years, mm. um, at the young age of 45 due wow. to COVID and all the complications that came from it. It was a hard, hard thing for my family to go through. And, um, and we just got back, literally got back last night. Uh, I was down in Houston. He lives up on the north side of Houston with uh, his boys. And I was down there last Sunday through Wednesday. Um, for the first time in my life, I know others have, have cared for loved ones before. This was a first for me just to be present 24-7 for a few days uh, with someone really hurting. We were Thankfully, I was there when she passed. Um, not right there, but I was I was present with the family and got to be there for a few more days after the fact. Um, and then I came home to get my family and my wife and girls drove down for the weekend to be a part of the funeral and um, just time with family and got back late last night. So I am exhausted. <laughs> I'm yeah, emotionally uh, spent. Uh, I'm so thankful that our staff, uh, as, as of course you would all expect them to be, were like, oh man, go be where you need to be and don't worry about us. And, uh, Jordan was already planning on preaching for many weeks. And so it, it worked out perfect. It was God's timing for me to not have to worry about teaching and not right. have to really worry about anything. You guys have been fantastic. So re-entry today, if you will. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Gotta love, gotta love that. Trying to get back, trying to get back to, especially after. I mean, same, same for us. You know, being out for. I spent, uh, I spent two days last week being a math teacher. One day was a math teacher, and the next day was a science teacher because all my kids were home, and my middle schooler has homework that she has to turn in. That she's that wasn't homework. It was stuff that they did in class, but she wasn't there for it. And so, were you very good? 
I thought I was I thought I was pretty decent. Um, I'm sure I'm sure she would argue that my my five year old soccer coach um, was was coming out a little bit, probably more than she wanted. But I'm not uh, I'm not the uh, let me hold your hand and and give you the answers. So she was a little frustrated with me some of the time. But but yeah, so it's it's weird to be out for a week and try to try to work where you can. And uh, I think reentry and after then try vacation to get back into it. or sickness yeah, or trauma or anything is just really hard you know <laughs> there's something about rhythms of life that are helpful so yeah. when you lose those rhythms i mean you joked off air you know like i've been sleeping in because i know you, yeah i'm <laughs> tired this morning because <laughs> i had to get up early for work yeah. uh yeah that's good okay so i have a i have a theological question or, or just and i'm, gonna, I'm just gonna throw this out to you and i didn't okay. warn you at all so last week i'm um you know, my, my, my family is all home and at each other's throats and, uh, because we're all stuck in the house and can't go anywhere and can't do anything. And everybody wants their friends over, but can't do that and can't go outside and, and play with anybody. And so, so they're just at each other's throats and that's just, you know, so then, then I finally get everybody in bed. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to relax. I turn on the TV and I don't even know, I don't even remember what I was watching, but I remember there was a, there was a some town hall meeting and and all of these people came to the local church and they were having this meeting and then the pastor gets up and talks and he's like you know we all just need to come together because we know that God won't give us more than we can bear and uh, and I thought well that's that's interesting that 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 seems to be a repetitive theme mm. in in, uh, in 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 I don't know culture and movies and, and things like that when when there's a pastor talking that that's what that's what the guy talks. That's what somebody talks about. Somebody talks about, oh, it's okay, you know, we're not gonna. They're not. Gonna, God won't give us more than we can bear. And uh, and so I, I just wanted to to that that's that stuck out to me. And I was thinking, you know, what, Lauren, how do you how do you handle that that statement theologically? Uh, my first initial my initial thought, and to be brief and simple, is that's not true. <laughs> okay. Uh. I think that's most often taken from scripture where he talks about uh, temptation specifically mm-hmm. um, that we will never be tempted with more than with God's power. We can't overcome that is very different than this broad statement of he will not give us more than we can bear. I think there are many, 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 many examples uh in life experience of Christians right, <laughs> and in scripture that we are given more than we can handle all the time, right? All the time. So, so then how, how does that, uh, cause that's, that was, that was my thought. It was literally, I was like, okay, well I could probably, you know, make a big long list of times that we were, we as Christ followers or Christians throughout history have been given, um, a lot more than we could, than we could bear. And so what, what is it about our culture that why why do we promote that when it's just not logical? Well, there's there's some reasons that there there in defense of people who say that right. and regurgitate it. Yeah. One, we want it to be true. Yeah, there's a lot okay. of things we regurgitate because we just really really want them to be true. We we regurgitate Christians we regurgitate. For example, God helps those who help themselves, which was Mark Twain, by the way, mm-hmm. um, not scripture. <laughs> uh, but we like it. We're like, oh, that I like that. You know, I'm I'm American. I'm going to pull myself up on my bootstraps. And God helps God helps people who get off their duff and help themselves. Yeah. I like that. So we regurgitate it, and we don't realize it's not from the Bible. It's just something we like. So God will not give us more than we can bear. I I think there's something about that that sounds really good. Mm. So that's one reason. Two, 
um, there's a lot of difficult things in this life that God does not give us. So there is some truth to that in, in that sense, you know, like for example, uh, take a terminal illness like cancer. Yeah. Do we believe that God gave cancer to our loved one? Yeah. Um, well, a, I'm open to the possibility that in certain circumstances he does because God is sovereign and God can do anything he wants. Mm. But I'm also in denial that every person who ever got cancer in this fallen world that's been infected by sin and is not as it should be was given it directly by a good, gracious, loving God. I don't believe that, you know, that's not founded in scripture either. So, so there's some truth to God won't give us these troubles because he doesn't give us a lot of these troubles. You know, it's, it's a, it's a ripple effect of our sinful choices or the sinful choices of other people or just the fallenness of our world. So I think that's another reason why it's not entirely untrue because God doesn't give us all these troubles. But I, I think I, I go, let's, let's go right back to scripture. When Jesus was in the garden and he is saying, oh, please, Father, mm, yeah, let this pass. This is not what I want but I'll do whatever you want. Uh, in a sense, he was given more than he could bear. You know, he was, he was literally sweating drops of blood and, and begging for this cup to pass. Now, then you could turn around and argue, yeah, but he bore it. (laughs) But I would argue, yeah, he bore it with the father's help. Mm. He bore it with the, the, the power of God. Um, so I think in that sense, um, there's some truth to it. Um, so if you look at the actual, like, is God providing these things? Is God giving you this more than you can bear? Right. Then, okay. But it seems like the context is you're not going to deal with things in life more than what God will, what what you can deal with. Right. You know, not necessarily that you can deal with with God's help or, right. or whatever, but that you as a person are capable of dealing with these things. Right. You're capable of dealing with anything that comes your way, just if you're strong enough or whatever. And and you know what? I think I, the two the two central thoughts that come to me from that that misspeak, I'll call that a misspeak. You know, uh, an inaccurate reflection of Scripture. One is we we're going to, we're going to have hard times. We're going to have difficulties that are overwhelming. Uh, and the main thing we need to realize is that if we are connected to the father, if we have the spirit of God, the Holy spirit of God living in us, which is promised to every disciple of Jesus, every follower of Jesus, if we are pursuing Christ and his ways and, and his leadership in our lives, then we are connected to the vine, as it says in John. We are connected to the source of strength and power and goodness, and there is nothing that we can't do. Um, but it's not about us. And then the opposite of that's true. Can, can we be overwhelmed? Absolutely, especially if we're not connected to the vine. Right. I mean, it's, it's why we look around at, at a world that is not as it should be, and we see people constantly overwhelmed with more than they can bear. Well, yeah, apart from Christ, we are nothing. Mm. And so there is truth to, um, it, 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 it's, it, it all comes down in my mind to, are we, are we connected to the vine or not? Are we connected to the father or not? Uh, and if we are, then in a sense, there isn't anything that's not possible. Um, but let's not lose sight of the fact that there are, there are 
you know, many, 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 many stories of faithful Christians who are overwhelmed to the point of death, overwhelmed to the point of despair, overwhelmed to the point of uh, incredible difficulty. Yeah. And is that because God gave them more than they could bear? Uh, that's I think that's an oversimplification of it. Mm. It's still reality. That's probably a good good word, oversimplification. Yeah. I will say, you know, we're we're so we're so guilty as Christians of of I think regurgitating some things uh, and making them central even to our belief system that just aren't biblical. We got to mm. be really careful. And I, you know, I I say this like it's everybody else but me. I mean, we really all, including myself, have to do a lot of continued self examination of what what is shaping me and what's true mm-hmm. um and and where am i where am i finding that am i finding that cuz e- even in the church is yeah. the church telling me that but it's not true right. you know why do i believe what i believe why do i believe what i believe that's that's not a defiant um th- that's not a bad thing that is a healthy we're supposed to be lifelong learners, yeah. you know, including in our spiritual journey. Not not a bad thing as a, as opposed to like what being a doubter, like just just being against, yeah, asking questions. Well, some some of us especially are wired to be contrarians, you know. <laughs> no, I don't know. You do know what I'm talking about, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> um, and some of us uh, resist. Uh, I think you know what I'll you know what I'll put myself in this camp. I resist. The trite, I resist the oversimplified, almost to a point where I have to be careful because there's some simple truths that are just true. Mm. And so, if it sounds too simple, and then sometimes I push against it, maybe because of my upbringing. I was I was raised, I think, in a lot of oversimplification mm. and and black and white. Yeah. Uh, to the point where I can throw out the black and white with the baby water, so to speak. There's some black and white truths from Scripture that we can just be grounded in and bold about, to use Jordan's word from yesterday. Um, so I think I think all of us, pastors included, need to be lifelong learners, humble about what we know and don't know, and eager to admit when we're wrong, and and dare I say it, even even ready to say, "Ooh, I've been thinking that, even regurgitating it," and that's not true. Yeah. Or there's nuance to it, you know? Yeah, that, yeah nuance is... That's uh, tough. For a lot we, of us, we, nuance we, is very unsettling. Yeah, you we know? miss a lot of that stuff. Because yeah. we, we sometimes, I guess, I, I, I think we miss, the, we miss nuance because we want those simple truths sometimes. We want it to be those easy black and white things. It's like, well, there's no, there's no gray. We've talked about that before on the podcast, living in the gray areas of... You know, there's there's so much that's that there is nuance involved that we just it you know that doesn't catch headlines. Headlines don't have nuance. No, and, you know, no, new, sound bites news have stories, no nuance. sound bites. There's there's <laughs> not much nuance unless you can sit down and have a conversation. Yeah, so that's good. Well, um, as we as we start to think about the you know the part of Acts that we're in um, from 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 two Sundays ago um, where you you talked about Acts three. Um, healing the uh, healing the cripple man, um, and then uh, John and Peter, um, Peter being the the more buff of the uh, of the two, um, CrossFitter if I remember right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he went. He was going to CrossFit Jerusalem, and um, <laughs> when they and then them them preaching to the people and adding more people to the kingdom, and then and then this week we follow up with with the beginning of chapter four where uh, John and Peter are are pulled aside by the uh, the religious leaders and scolded and told to stop doing all that and 
and they are basically then then become bold guys and say or not not become bold at that point, but they they repeat their phrase like, mm. "Well, we can't not do this. Like yeah. this is this is the truth. So we can't not do this." Yeah. So uh, I, I think it was just it was interesting to me. Like even even as we broke it up into two different weekends, um, I started thinking about all the times that I've heard about. Um, you know, Peter and John in front of the religious leaders speaking and being bold and missing the context again of, of chapter three leading up to it, that it was not, you know, that this is all one big story from they healed this guy. They went into the, into the, the temple and they start teaching people and they start doing that's ruffling feathers. And then the, then the guy, then, then it becomes the end of the day. And they said, well, let's just go lock them up because, it's it's getting late and we don't want to we don't want to deal with this so we'll deal with them tomorrow so just put them in jail but it was like it's all one story in that you know from from the time that they're walking up to the temple and they see this dude and then they heal him to the time that they're like yeah, yeah. but we can't not talk about this like all of this is one story yeah and and, and I, I don't know if maybe that's just my mind and no, I, I I don't catch that but I it just feels like we compartmentalize these like hey they healed a guy awesome oh they they taught some people in the temple and oh the, the the religious leaders got mad about it and they didn't like it but it was really like it's all in this in this case it's linear it's like all this together. happened then this happened then this happened then they got in trouble for it yeah you hit you hit on the head why uh, I don't know how many of our listeners I'm curious and I, I can't know because you can't speak back to me right now all you listening <laughs> right now but um, I'm curious how often you attend on a Sunday and hear a an isolated teaching I'm curious how often you read larger chunks of scripture versus a line or three lines. Right. And the reason I say that is exactly what you're saying. Part of the reasoning for us studying quote, the book of acts, you know, and taking, a, a, you know, many, many weeks to walk through this in a linear yeah. narrative form is because it is all tied together. Yeah. And so you are, Speaking of something that I think a ton of us can relate to, where we know sound bites back to sound bites. Yeah, <laughs> we know sound bites from scripture. We know sound bites from mm-hmm. church, and mm-hmm. so it is a unique understanding to kind of widen our gaze and see. Oh, this started with these two guys going to the temple. It really didn't even start there. It started before that. But right. we can, we can, for the last couple of weeks, we can right. say, and they meet this this beggar who's disabled. And they extend the right hand, and he is healed, and they bring him in. And then the church blows up. Now it says over 5,000, and that's just the guys, by the way. For some right. reason, back then, they only count the we dudes. Count them. Easy, right. to, easy to estimate conservatively, ten or 12,000 mm. Christians at this point, blowing up. And these religious leaders threatened by that. And yet, what's awesome is they can't get past that this disabled guy that everybody knew was mm-hmm. disabled is running around dancing, talking about Jesus. Like it's, it's uh, indisputable, you right. know, but all that's tied together. So, okay. Ra- random, random thought just popped in my head. As you say this, like it, potentially 10 to 12,000 people. What, what would you estimate the population of, oh. of, of that area to be like, like it's, I, you know, we, we, we fill it in with our context, right? So for us, like 12,000 people, you know, going to a church, if you will, like, yeah, that's a lot in a, in a specific area, but you know, in the, in the context of starting a new church and starting this, this new 
following is is not really that big. But it, w- what would you what would you estimate context to, to, of of the population of of that area to be so that we can get an idea of what twelve thousand people actually is? Well. Um as you were asking that question, my wheels were spinning, and I had no idea. I tried so to pull it out as long as I could. I asked um, one of the probably most least least reliable theologians, uh, Sir Google. Mr. Google? Yes, Mr. Google. And he says uh, <laughs> that uh, the population of Jerusalem was estimated at 600,000 by Roman historian Tacitus okay. in late first century. So, yeah. so at least half a million, if not more, uh, and to blow up to... Ten or twelve thousand that quickly. That quickly is pretty yep. pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. And to be you know as a as a religious culture of the the the, the Jewish culture was where everything is centered around the temple and all of that to to have something that you know and and the stories of the Messiah of the the revolution that they are expecting um, to overthrow Rome and all of that that you know all of that combined yeah, yeah okay <laughs> this this big thing that's gaining traction that is standing defiant in the face of uh, of the religious traditions and ways and everything that they, the leaders that yeah that makes sense that they would start to freak out about mm. that a little bit mm. I, I do enjoy kind of putting all that in context mm. well it's almost like almost like when you when you like as you read through it it's almost like we stick with um, we stick with the chapter head or not chapter headlines, but like the the the, the headlines uh, or the headlines, um, like the bullet point title of uh, of whatever this section is is like yeah. Peter and John heal lame guy. Okay, Peter and John speak in the temple. Oh, right. Peter and John get in trouble. You know, and it's like we just take these little chunks rather than that story because we've broken it up into right. into right. all those different sections. Yep. When it's really it's okay. It's it's this whole story. Like, yep. what if it was. You know, we read books that are a chapter. You don't have. I mean, I guess there's. I guess there's titles throughout the chapter as well. In, but I, in but I will. Ways, but I mean, I'll apply that if I've got a you know 14 chapter book, and I only read one chapter every couple of weeks. It's I, hard to follow it's along. It's really hard yeah. to connect the dots. Whereas if I sit down in a couple sittings mm-hmm. and read the whole thing, it it really you know just tends to ruminate and. That's why I, I've said this before, even on this podcast, I really want to encourage folks. It wasn't until my, you know, I grew up in the church. I, I didn't, I didn't really start following Jesus till I hit 20, but, but I grew up in the church and I, I was that kid who, you know, went to church and had to memorize mm-hmm. different lines mm-hmm. and uh, we used to call them sword drills, which I yes. think makes it sound Sword drills. Like, like we're warriors or yeah, something. Yeah, now it sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> but we would we would memorize, you know, where in the Bible uh-huh. different books were and 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 I'm not downplaying that, especially for kids. It's it's good to have that foundational yeah. knowledge. But it was not into well into my adulthood, probably my thirties, where I discovered the the richness of of reading large chunks of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um and so I even have a dear friend that I meet with regularly and he was pressing me on what, what's your daily reading look like? What's your, what is your reading of scripture look like? And I don't, I'm just going to be real. I, I don't know how much of this applies to, to non pastors or non teachers of scripture. But for me, I can't read little tidbits here and there because a, it feels like I'm doing what I did when I was a kid. Right. And, and B, I feel like I'm getting ready to teach something. I'm just grabbing a little nugget here, or a mm. little nugget there. What really is helpful to me, Lauren, the person, the the follower of Jesus yeah. that wants to hear from God, that wants to better understand 
him and his ways and and hear what he wants me to do is to take a big like to, to sit down with the four chapter letter to the Philippians that Paul wrote. It's a letter. And shocker, read the whole letter. Like how many times do you get a letter from somebody and you read the first fourth of it and put it down, yeah. you know? Like so so read the whole letter. Or there's this 21 chapter gospel account written by John. Okay, it might take a couple hours, but read the whole thing and and see how the dots connect mm-hmm. in ways that they don't if you read to to your point just that little topical yeah. paragraph. Right. And so I'm not saying it's the only way to do it. But I think a ton of us don't do it that way, and I encourage you to try it. Yeah. Uh, even with Acts, you've you've probably heard us say over the last several weeks, okay, read the first couple chapters. Read the first couple chapters again. Okay, mm-hmm. read the first couple chapters again. Hey, now read the first three chapters. Mm-hmm. Like like I'll say this. Now we're we're um, close to finishing up chapter four. Read the first four chapters again this week. Yeah. Or at least read for chapters three and four. Uh, maybe read chapters one through six just to get context. Just like, take a big chunk of it and sit down and read it. And I think I think it's really helpful. I it's really... I mean it's it's something that's helped me a lot um, just over the past couple of years. Really is is doing that, reading chunks of scripture, but also reading the commentaries or whatever that are about the context and where it's all coming from. Because I mean, it's almost like I've read those sound bites or those chunks of the small chunks of, um, you know, Oh, here's the, here's the, 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 the little heading above this. And we read that, you know, five, 10 verses or whatever. Right. And then you move on to the next thing or you skip around or, or, right. you know, or check the next box or whatever, you know? Right. And it's like, for me, it's, it's been very similar is like, if I can read large chunks of okay, so let's read this book, or let's listen to uh, you know a, a podcast or an audio book that's it's explaining more about what's going on in this. It's made so much difference for me because you know I can only understand so much, and I only get it from my context and yep. what I read. And some of that, so so much of that is is just superficial and misses the nuance of yeah a ton of things. So I I mean I'm with you there. You know you're making me think if I can go off on another bunny trail for Do a second. It. Um, we don't talk about this probably as often as we should for, for folks that are really wanting to be students of Scripture. Uh, there are different English translations of the Bible, and there are multiple really good ones. Uh, some, I would argue, that are better than others, but, but put together by really smart people, scholars that know Greek, that know Hebrew, that, that train, that, that actually argue with each other and, and debate about the meaning of things. And so what, in the context of what we just said, just an encouragement to read large chunks of Scripture, um, I would encourage you to read larger chunks of Scripture in different translations. Yeah. Like, even, even if you go, I don't like this one as much, or I don't think this one is as helpful, when, we read, when I read, for example, the letter to the Philippians for the third time, but this time I pull out the message, which is just a paraphrase. It's mm-hmm. not the most accurate thing. It's not necessarily meant to be a study Bible. It's a paraphrase. I will remind you, written by a guy who knows Greek fluently. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not poorly done, but it just brings it to life in that, you know, my third, fourth, fifth reading, it brings it to life in a fresh way. Uh, and then maybe the next time I'll go opposite extreme and I'll go to the ESV, the English Standard right. Version, which is actually a really hard version to read big chunks of because it's a word for word translation. Mm. It's 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 much more accurate. It's a great study bible. It's not ideal for large chunks of scripture. 
Uh, and then I'll remind everybody that there's, there's a reason why I teach primarily out of the NLT, which is the New Living Translation, is it's really well done by some smart scholars, a team of scholars, not just one guy like Eugene Peterson, but a team of scholars. And it's a thought-for-thought translation. It's not word-for-word word that gets kind of clunky at times. Um, it's a, it's a thought-for-thought translation. So it takes a whole sentence and goes, okay, how do we say that Greek sentence in English? Mm-hmm. And they might even move some things around. Mm. you know. And they're very intentional about the emotive aspect. If you read the, the makings of the NLT version, they talk about the emotive aspect because Scripture originally was, was meant to be read out loud. Mm-hmm. like in the synagogue. Right. And so they take very seriously how we hear words and language. Um, so real quick, I think the NLT this is my, this is my two cents. I think the NLT, uh, maybe, maybe second, the NIV are the best translations with what we have now to read large chunks of scripture. Uh, I think occasionally you should throw in a different translation. You should you should grab a paraphrase like the message or a paraphrase like the the old living Bible or the J.B. Phillips or some different things that just bring it to life. And then when you really want to sit down and study it word for word, you want to study like what this paragraph means or what this line means, that's where the ESV uh, or things like that, that word for word, really accurate translation, I think are the most helpful. So um, any of our pastors would love to talk to folks more or to take questions about different translations. But um, And we all have our, our personal bent. But back to this idea of large chunks of scripture, man, NLT is a great, great choice to read just a huge chunk. Yeah. So to get, to get back to, uh, Jordan's message from Sunday, um, he, he talked about, he talked about when, when, um, Peter and John are in front of these guys and they're being bold and they're basically saying, you can't sway us by threatening us. Like, what you what you're going for, what you're trying to silence us, is not going to work because we've seen this happen. We've seen what what you know. We've seen Jesus. We've seen the way that that God has worked. Um, and so, one of his points was that we, as as Christ followers, as Jesus followers, should be um, impacting culture rather than having culture impact us, rather than being impacted by culture. Um, and I'm I'm. I'm curious how do you how do you see that work in a uh, extremely divided um, country mm. society um, where honestly one side looks at the other side where whichever side it is it doesn't matter we don't have to get into politics or anything like that but whichever side I feel like I land on you know as much as I might want to be in the middle I might agree with some some things or or whatever but it feels like when I am saying something that I'm going to make sure I'm not being impacted by culture the other side is hearing me basically bark at the moon I'm 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 just kind of yelling out and screaming things where they're they they interpret it the other direction it's like well what I'm saying is I'm not being impacted by culture but you are and and so it's, it just feels like, okay, it's easy to say, but how do we, how do we live that out? Ooh, that is a whopper of a question, Brooke. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I guess where, where I go with that, I, th- I think as a pastor, what I hear Jordan encouraging us yesterday, this is what I hear, is are you so loosely rooted in what you believe uh, so not grounded in the truth that we get from Scripture 
that you are easily swayed. You are easily impacted by culture. You know, if, if culture, there's different, there's different, uh, definitions of culture. Mm-hmm. I really like the, the definition that was given to me one time that culture is, is where, what is normal for the majority. Yeah. Whatever is normal for the majority. If, if most people are wearing hats, then that's a dumb, dumb your, your culture, is your culture is a hat wearing culture. culture, you know, even <laughs> if not everybody's wearing hats, yeah. but it's most people. Um, and if most people are doing this or saying that or believing this, is that impacting us because we're so loosely rooted or are we so, I, I hear, I hear, excuse me, excuse me. I hear Jordan really calling us up to say, and we've got to be grounded in the truth of scripture so that we are not swayed by the wind. We are not swayed by feelings. We're not swayed by the chirping of other people, uh, even the masses, uh, but that we are able to, to stand firm. Now, the other side of that is, okay, how do we impact culture then? Um, and that's where I'm, I'm, I'm biased. This is my opinion. Um, I think the only way we impact culture is through relationships. I think, I think to your point, um, yelling from the other side of the street, so to speak, and call that Facebook, call that, um, in the public square, um, call that on TV, whatever. It just is so ineffective and people hear what they want to hear. So they, they put words in your mouth anyway. They don't know your heart because you're just yelling from a distance. I think the kind of impact that Jesus calls us to is life on life. And that is just consistent. I liked, I liked part of what Jordan said yesterday specifically about, I think he called it the Jesus filter, mm-hmm. um, you know, is, is what's coming out of our life, the fruit of the spirit. Uh, if it is love, joy, patience, peace, kindness, you know, if, if, if it is, then especially consistently, especially over time, especially in a life on life up close and personal kind of way, that's impact. Um, that's not preaching at someone. That's just, it's just the fruit of the spirit, just covering them in mm-hmm. every sense. So that's where my brain goes. I think, I think that if I go on another bunny trail that is related to this, you know, I think that Roe v. Wade, for example, gets a lot of the bullseye for all of us when it comes to the issue of abortion. But the more I have read about what would happen if that law changed, um, the, the less I'm concerned about national politics when it comes to this issue and the more I have to start asking myself, okay, but what am I doing right here, right now in Wichita Falls mm. about the plight of unwed moms, of the poor and their access to, to options? Um, are we eager to adopt and, and provide alternatives, foster care, um, how, how are we as a church helping to fund and support the ministry of the local uh, pregnancy crisis center or centers? Um, and the more I, it's easy to shout from a distance. Um, and, and yet I, I just don't think that's very effective. I think going down the street, frankly, is a lot harder and messier, but it's how we impact culture. So that, that's my simplified approach is, okay, let's take less of the from a distance try yeah. to impact culture. I, I'm not a big fan of, okay, little Lauren in little Wichita Falls in little Colonial, how do I change the government? I don't know. 
but I know how to change that life. Mm. You know, well, maybe um, that's maybe that gets to one of the other things he said he talked about was um, being known for what we're for rather than what yes. we're against. Yes, and just specific to that uh, that example, if you are if you are showing your community that you are for. Um, you know, the kids and the, the, uh, the, the women, mothers in poverty or out of, out of uh, families, single moms, or, or the people that might, might end up in a crisis of uh, abortion even being an option, rather than yelling at the government, hey, we're not, we're, we're against this, we're against this. Maybe right. that's an example. That was, that was one of my questions. It was like, okay, so how do we, how do we get to a place where we're, we're showing what we're for, knowing that a lot of times it's because we're against something else. Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting on the head. That's the tension. That's the challenge. Um, I, I'm just, I'm terribly biased. I, I think the content of what we believe is no more important than how we live it out. Um, and I, not everybody agrees with that. There are different kind of personality types or different, um, maybe even just different life stories that lead to the thinking of, content really matters the how we got to figure that out along the way now if if you believe abortion is wrong which i believe Mm. abortion is wrong and that life begins with conception that's my belief from the scriptures and from my convictions uh but people can't hear me because i just seem angry and against you know women's rights or against you know Mm. making them feel shame and then i'm doing it wrong even though my content is right. So I, I think when we talk about how do we impact culture, it's, it's a, it's a holistic question. It's, it's what is the truth that we want to impact culture, the way of Jesus, the heart of God. And right alongside that, it's the, how do we impact culture? It's the, that's where I go back to relational. Mm -hmm. You got to come alongside people Mm -hmm. or they can't hear the truth anyway. It's, it's in fact, in some ways it's counterproductive. It, It just, why, I've forgive me for restating the same study result over and over again, but it just sits so heavy with me. Why is it mm-hmm. that most unchurched people in our country, top three adjectives to describe us are not compassionate, tenderhearted, loving, gracious, generous, kind. Right. It's not those words. It's hypocritical, it's judgmental, and anti-homosexual. Those are the three words from the most recent study of unchurched people about us. So it's not about the content. Yeah. It's about how we're coming across. Yeah. You know, and I really, that that's back to this passage that, that we're looking at in Acts, you know, Peter and uh, I almost say Peter and Paul because of you. I know. I a couple times. Peter and John, <laughs> um, you know, they, oh, they got to say, Look what just happened. Yeah. Look look what God just did mm. to heal this guy. L- look at what we did to 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 stretch our hand mm-hmm. across this barrier. Uh you want to argue with that? You want to call us hypocrites? You want to call us uneducated? You want to call us defiant? Okay, just put all that in context with what you just saw. Mm-hmm. They have to see the healing. They have to see the reconciliation of people. They have to see the love and the grace extended or they can't hear the truth. Yeah. I really believe that. And I think about, think back to, you know, some, something that Tanner has talked about when he's been on here with us is that, 
you know, that, that invitation and being, being, building that relationship to, you know, with someone so that they know that, that you are for them yeah. rather than, you know, what my, what my, my latest tweet might be or what my Facebook post says, what the headline is that attached to it or whatever, where everything feels personal. Yeah. Oh, you're attacking me with that, yeah. you know, rather than, no, I know you and, and we've had this, you know, we can, we can dive into conversation and we can find the nuance and we can find where things don't line up for both of us. And, um, you know, so that's, it, it, that's interesting. Yep. I'm with you completely. Okay. So, uh, two Sundays ago, you, uh, you brought up the, the already and the not yet. Um, and, uh, in, in the context of what Peter and John were preaching, and what happened uh, before the religious leaders that we talked about this past weekend, before that all happened, before they got in trouble, um, as as people were were coming to to believe in in Jesus because of the uh, the healing and what they were what they were talking about. So the already and the not yet. You wanted to talk about that last week. Obviously, some things some things happened, and we didn't get a chance to do that on the podcast last week. So I wanted to give you the opportunity. So let's go back and um, and and discuss that as you wanted to dive into it. Yeah, a little bit. Um... First of all, it's a incredible, it's it's a, it's an incredibly central truth of Jesus's teachings, and so it may sound like a little bit of a of a, a side trail, but no, no, it's it's Jesus talks about the kingdom is going to come, and he talks about the kingdom has come uh, multiple, multiple, multiple times, and so it's it's a little perplexing, uh, and it's got nuance and tension to it, which is hard for us. Yeah. Um, but back to specifically where we started with this two Sundays ago is in, uh, I believe it's in chapter four. I'm going to look it up here as I'm talking. No, it's in late chapter three of acts. This is where Peter in his message is saying that, you know, in the end, there will be a final restoration of all things. And we know that from other parts of scripture in the end, everything's going to be made right. Will be. It will be in the future, in the future, the kingdom will come yeah. in all its fullness. Mm -hmm. And then all at the same time, he says, now repent of your sins, uh, and times of refreshment will come from the presence of God. So the kingdom in, in some form is, is available right now. Mm. Um, just like even, even the coming of the Holy spirit, uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the God of the universe to live inside of us, that's an element of the kingdom has already come. We don't, we're not waiting for God to come someday. God is here. God is here now. He is in some crazy, hard-to-fathom way inside us as believers. He is present now. The kingdom has come. And there are, when we see the fruit of the Spirit, back to, to Jordan's specific teaching of the Jesus filter yesterday, when we see love coming out and joy coming out and patience, when we look around and we see generosity that just blows us away, when we see kindness that just stands out in a sea of cruelty, we go, ah, oh, the kingdom has come. Hmm. There, there's the, that's, that's where God wants, what, what, what God wants done is being done right there. Yeah. Oh, oh, look what just happened. That's where what God wants done is being done right now. The kingdom has come. And yet I just buried my sister-in-law. Yeah. And it's, poc not, it's pockets. It's pockets of the kingdom coming. It's it's moments of the kingdom mm -hmm. has come, knowing that in the end it will come in all its fullness. And so I think I think that's an important tension 
that we have to not only live in, but I, th- I think for, for people kicking the tires about Christianity, maybe we've got one or more listeners right now that's skeptical or just mm-hmm. not sure yet, or, or, or very young, new believers that are listening right now, or they're journeying with us here at Colonial, that's something we want you to wrestle with because I think we do you a disservice to try to, um, I hope we're misspeaking if we say this, but if we, if we say to you, come to Jesus and everything's going to be great. Mm-hmm. If you give your life to Christ and choose to follow him, he will make your path straight and everything will be fantastic. And you will not have, not just more than you can bear, <laughs> back to the first, mm-hmm. you won't have troubles. Yeah. No, Jesus said you're going to have troubles. In fact, if you follow me, you have to die. That's a call to trouble. <laughs> um, and yet he's saying it's worth it because I'm going to give you full life. Like, like put those two thoughts together if you're a new believer or you're kicking the tires. Jesus' invitation is if you follow me, you have to die. Oh, and I'm going to give you life and life to the full. Hmm. How do those two things go together? Yeah. Well, that's the kingdom is here. And the kingdom's not here yet. Hmm. It's that tension that if you follow me in this world right now, you're swimming upstream. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the richest experience you've ever had. It's what you're made for. And you might physically die from it, much less you might just be alone. You might really struggle with doubts and trouble all around you, but it's what I call you to. It's a, it's a, it's a really a life of tension in this world as believers. It's why it's why I think Peter and Paul both, in different letters, refer to us as you know as nomads, as uh, travelers, sojourners, because this is not our home. Home is something eventually we get to experience, and yet all at the same time, if I can just provide one more, you know, dual statement, Jesus invites us home here now, home to Him. You know, so. So I, how, how does that how does that change how does that affect someone who um just want to say okay well it's not here yet so I'm just you know throw my hands up I can't change that I can't make that happen so no big deal the now and the not yet so what does that mean for our for our our right now how do we how do, how should we approach the troubles of the world, the, uh, the the poverty that we that we see around us, the chaos that we see, the, the the war, the famine, all those things that we see, is that something that we can just write off and say, you know what, it's not here yet, it'll be here, but I can't make that happen, so I just write it off. Well, first of all, I'm sure there's a ton of people who live like that, um, at the very least, just in frustration and uh, uh, just feeling a sense of powerlessness. Yeah. Um, but. I guess a couple specific thoughts come to mind. One is I love the quote that Jordan read yesterday about prayer from St. Augustine. I've heard it before. Mm-hmm. He said, pray as though everything depended on God and work as though everything depended on you. Um, I think that's, I mean, taken to its extreme, that's pretty unhealthy because we, <laughs> we, we shouldn't work as if everything depended on us ultimately because yeah. it doesn't. But I like I like that dual thought is... I'm going to do everything I stink and can, you know, to love people well, to, to spread the gospel, to um, love the least of these, to, to care for my brother and sisters. I'm, I'm going to do everything I can, and I'm going to sleep hard at night knowing that God is sovereign and I can't control it all and I can't, I can't do it all. 
but um, it doesn't doesn't re- it doesn't remove the responsibility absolutely. from from our lives. Well, and there's too many commandments in scripture yeah. to go love well, to go preach the gospel, to go advance the kingdom. It's not suggestions, it's not come along for the ride. It's mm-hmm. I, you're my the mystery of the gospel in part is that he chose us to be his primary instruments for the advancement of the kingdom. So we don't get to sit on the sidelines. He calls us. He he says this is the the life I want you to live is not just this wonderful connection to me. That's part of it. It's also the purposefulness of being my messengers, being my people, being my lovers, being my givers, you know? And so we don't get to throw our hands up in the air. I I, I totally get why all of us do at one point or another um, because it's just frustrating and it's, it's, it's overwhelming at times. Um, Oh, the stats alone on pastors quitting these days is Mm. just incredibly discouraging to me. And all at the same time, I get it. We we can't do it all. Now, the other, if I can get a little cheesy and take myself back to my <laughs> student ministry days, I loved hearing this story of this guy walking along a beach. Please forgive me if you've heard of this and it's so cheesy, but he, he's walking <laughs> along a beach. It stuck with me. And uh, he picks up a starfish uh, that's washed up on the shore and he throws yeah. it back in the water. And then he walks for a little while longer and he finds another starfish and he picks up the starfish and he wa- throws it back in the water. And a guy comes up to him and says, why, why are you doing that? He's like, well, let's see all these, you can look way down the beach, see all these starfish that have, that have uh, washed up on shore. They're going to die. Like they, if they're not back in the water, they're going to die. Can't save them all. And the guy's like, yeah, you can't, stupid. <laughs> look, look at all these starfish, far as the accident, you can't save them all. It doesn't matter it's futile. if you do any of this. It's futile. And he go, he picks up one, and he says, it well, matters to this one. Hmm. And he chucks it back in the water. Mm-hmm. I think we just got to live our lives like that. You know, I can't change the poverty situation for an entire people group in our town. Yeah. I can help one person. I can I can be faithful. Okay, God, what this one person, this one need. God, what are you saying to me? What do you want me to do about it? Give me the gumption to, to act. Mm-hmm. Um, and not throw my hands in the air. And that's all I know, man. Yeah. Do you think those starfish, do they skip along oh, the surface? You know, when I try to skip them, like legs pop off. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I have no idea. That's a good question. <laughs> just, sorry. Um, no idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we have, uh, we, we'll, let's, let's wrap this up here. We we have something coming up in uh, this this coming weekend, right? It is this coming weekend. Yes, this weekend. Okay. Tell me, I'm tell excited us, about tell it. us about what's going on this weekend and what's coming up and uh, absolutely all, all that fun stuff. You know, um, coming back from the pandemic that seems to never end. Uh, one of the things we really enjoyed July Fourth was, hey, let's just have one service instead of two, um, especially knowing we might have a lighter crowd on a holiday weekend, which we did, and let's have a big blowout meal afterwards. And it was so much fun. We got such positive feedback from from a ton of people we even had some people that was their first time back to church because they just didn't want to miss it Hmm. Uh, we had people that hadn't seen each other in a long time Uh, we had several new people come that day what a great new day to come to a church is when they're partying together and so um, we had uh, several people say when are we going to do that again first Hmm. of all and then uh, shout out to rick bells who's one of our long time i think he's been here 20 either 28 or 29 years at colonial wow He's a deacon, he's a true servant, and a very generous individual. And he, I'm sure he doesn't want any credit for this, but he said to me, I want to make that happen. 
So we had a we had a group that anonymously made it happen in July. Uh, Rick said, I want to make it happen. I'll, I'll just recruit a bunch of people and we'll make it happen if you just give us permission. And so we picked a date. And this Sunday, October 3rd, we, are, we called it Come to the Table. Uh, we're going we're gonna to come to the table for communion during the first service time. So 9.15 regular service time, the early service. We're going to all gather in the auditorium to worship. Our kids' ministry will be going to full, full-blown all the way up through fifth grade over in 242. And then after that service ends, everybody can go get their kids. Um, a few clueless people showing up for the 11 o'clock service. <laughs> if we don't get the word out well, we'll show up. And we're just going to have a huge breakfast. It's specifically breakfast. I don't even want to tell you what's going what's gonna to be there. I, I'm 90% sure it's pancakes, among other things. I'm <laughs> banking on a ton of bacon because I can't imagine us having that much fun without bacon involved. But it's going to be so fun. And it's just another chance for us to be family. And so um, we're expecting at least 350 uh, coming together for a huge meal. And uh, so come this Sunday, 915, maybe even get there a little early to grab a seat because I think we'll, we'll have a lot of people there. And, uh, and then we'll file out. And uh, I think we're going to be spread out in the cafe and if weather permitting out in the courtyard, maybe even over in 242 upstairs in the loft. We're just going to uh, just be spread out with a ton of people having food together and enjoying enjoying each other. So cool. can't wait. Yeah. As a, as a pastor who not only in this pandemic has, has only seen some people sporadically, but also because we have multiple services and different ministries. A lot of times we're not all in the same room together. So most of the time. Thank you. Yeah, actually yeah. most of the time we're not in the <laughs> same room together. So it's, it's just really fun to at least occasionally get everybody in the room. Yeah. If you haven't been in a while, um, or you haven't been consistent, don't miss this weekend. I think it's going to be really fun, which also I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm thinking about <laughs> later in October. I'm thinking about early in November. I'm thinking about early in December. I'm thinking about some unique things we have planned yeah. that ah, it's killing me not to, to, I'm not trying to be funny. It, you don't want to miss some things we're doing as a church family together mm-hmm. over the next two and a half, three months. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, so that's coming up this weekend. Um, we'll have service at 9.15, and then we'll follow it up with breakfast at uh, about 10.30-ish, 11-ish. Yeah, if, you're, if for some reason you're skipping, uh, skipping the time to be in the auditorium together with us um, and you want to show up, I'd say 10.30, 10.35. Uh, or don't do that. Or don't do that. <laughs> why, do I, why did I just give everybody permission <laughs> to do that? Don't do that. Don't do that. Come to church. Come to church with us. Yeah. Sing loud. Come for communion. Come to open up the scriptures together. Read Acts 1 through 4. Uh, we're going to finish up, or close to finishing up chapter 4, and I think it'll be that much more meaningful to you. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So there's lots of things coming up. This weekend will be great. And um, yeah, anything else uh, Anything else you've got for us today, Lauren? Nope. Before we wrap it up? Nope. Okay. Let's pause the conversation. We will come back next week. I, I do have one more thing. He did. I took a big, deep breath because I was going to end this sucker, and he said, wait. Well, America's team was on <laughs> national television tonight against the Eagles. I call them the Eagles. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You are an Eagles fan. I, I am a Philadelphia Eagles. He's fan, got this yes. obnoxious big green. I've never seen a green bird before, but a big <laughs> green eagle with a football in its claws on his T-shirt right across uh-huh. the table from me as we're recording. Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't have any Cowboys gear on. Today. You have a star on. It's Captain Give me America. A break. Captain they, America. They have made the star be. It's it's Texas and everything 
You know it what? Is. You know what? Almost everybody <laughs> listening right now does not like the Eagles. That's okay. Okay. I can so you're that. a minority. So what are we going to do? Uh, let's let's do something for the game. If uh, how about if the the loser uh-huh. of the game uh-huh. has to wear some apparel tomorrow to staff meeting and for the rest of the day? Like if if I lose, like is the other person going to be like without apparel at all? Actually, we both no. So if the Eagles win. <laughs> Then you have to bring. I don't have any Eagles gear. Uh-huh. You have to bring, and I'm fatter than you, so you have to bring an oversized <laughs> Eagles uh, piece of clothing. I have to bring an oversized that I can wear tomorrow, and I'll wear, it. I'll wear it. I'll wear. I won't wear it proudly, but I'll wear it begrudgingly. <laughs> and if the Cowboys win, uh-huh. I'm going to bring you a jersey to wear okay. all day tomorrow. Okay. You can't soil it on purpose. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we'll take that. a picture. And we'll just, you know, post it online so our listeners will <laughs> enjoy the agony of one of us. Yes, that's right. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, we didn't do that at the uh, OU Baylor game. Should I we go back? Do it. I don't want to go it. back to that. I want to do it ever with OU Baylor. Oh game. no! Okay. No, you know what? That's coming up in like three weeks. <laughs> talk to me. Talk to me in a couple weeks. We'll see. We'll see how. We'll see how tomorrow goes. <laughs> One of our teams is undefeated. Yeah, I digress. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. All right. This has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com and uh, you can get our app from the app store the google play store we'd love to hear from you so send us your questions send us your feedback tell us what you think is um funny and what you think we should talk about more and whether or not the eagles or the cowboys are going to win of course all of you probably listen to this after the game anyway so don't do that um thanks for listening and we'll pick up the conversation again next week